98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo talk Diamondbacks baseball with a D-backs broadcaster, the Booth. Hi, Tim Ringfield in for Burnsy. He'll be back on Tuesday. We'll take you right up till 6 o'clock. We had Merrill Kelly on the show earlier today. We had Jake McCarthy on earlier in the week. Lots of D-backs baseball right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And now we check in. One of the best broadcasters out there. My buddy Steve Berthume does a great job in Valley Sports, Arizona with Bob Renly. And he's going to join us to talk a little D-backs baseball. Bird, how are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Uh, we have Merrill Kelly on, and he's, he's always been a good friend of the program. And it was, man, it was fun to see him scatter those four singles. Got through that first inning last night, a little rough, but after that, man, it was smooth sailing for Merrill Kelly. Yeah, had four batters in the first. Gambo went to three ball counts on three of them. Looked a little uncomfortable, unsettled, but uh, boy, that never lasts long with Merrill. We we like to call him Merrill the mainstay. He's been the mainstay of the pitching staff, and for me, he's been the MVP of the ball club this year. Just based on consistency, I know Zach Allen was pitcher of the month now, but Merrill from day one has been the guy that has sort of kept things afloat, even in the darkest of times, so uh, he's been outstanding all year long. You know, you look at those ERAs, two guys with ERAs, top six in the league, right? Top six. You know, it's hard to get an ERA under three when you're a starting pitcher these days. It's just, it's not easy. D-backs, that one-two punch has been outstanding. Both those guys... You know, Gallon and Merrill have four or five pitches that they can throw for strikes anywhere in the hitting quadrant at any time. And that is what makes them so hard to hit for me. I, I look at the the young kids that have come up and just I, – I, and i, I got to tell you the story because you're going to love it. So I went to go pick up my kid from baseball practice the other day. It was a two-hour baseball practice. Me and a dad, another dad, we went to a pizza place nearby. We sat down at the bar, had a couple slices, and watching the D-back game. And the two guys next to us, they're talking about that they were at the game and they're watching the D-backs and talking about the young kids and the flexing and the karate kid. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, my God, this is just – man, this is great. This is what this is what people – People talk about you. You want that to happen, and I was so happy to just be there watching the D backs while I'm waiting for my kid and having other people at the bar talk about the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and, and Gambo, the way that for me translates is that we're getting to the point, and we, as you pointed out, may already be there when you're looking forward to the next game. Because we haven't been there in a while. It's been two or three years since we've had that. I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow or so-and-so's coming to town. I'm going to go to the game Friday for the series opener. We're at that point. We're anticipating and looking forward to tomorrow's game. And when you get there, that's when you really build some momentum. You know, Stephen, it's also it's, it's easy to say, well, they're playing so much better than last year. But if you follow this club, man, they're just playing so much better since May. I mean, they're playing a crisper, cleaner brand of baseball since early. Earlier this spring, what do you attribute that to? Is it, and be honest with me, is it personnel? Is it attitude? Is it, you know, is the manager doing a better job? How do you attribute the better brand of baseball we're seeing now than we saw earlier in the season? Tim, I think it's an identity thing with the ball club. It's a different group now than it was even in May and June. Um, you know, we all love David Peralta, but it's a different team now that David is not here. The leadership is a little bit different. It's a much younger group. It's a collective 
And even before early in the year, April, May, you'd still see occasionally a guy make a, a bad base running mistake or a ball would drop between two outfielders. We haven't seen that in a long time now. So that's been cleaned up. But for me, it's a different culture. It's a different group. It's a different dynamic. These guys have all played together at different levels coming up through the minor right. league system. So they've yeah. been teammates before. And, and that's a very valuable thing. Now it's a shared experience. It's not a veteran here, a veteran there, and a couple of young guys here and there. Sort of mismatched pieces that are forced to go together. Now it's it's a guys that have come up and been teammates before, and now they're teammates at the highest level. And it's a much more of a collective than it was earlier. We've this year. talked. We talked about just the speed on the team and uh, comparing it to the '85 Cardinals with Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and Van Slyke and those guys. That's right. But we I, went there. We, we went there. there. We, talked, we talked '85 <laughs> Cardinals. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're kind of old, Steve. Oh, we, believe me, I know. I go back to the '82 team that beat the, the Brewers in seven games. Yeah. In that amazing World Series. So you know, one of the things that I've loved about watching this baseball team isn't just the speed, but the pressure they put on defenses. And last night, and I know you guys were talking about the play that Perdomo bunted it too too hard to the first baseman, but I, I just love that style of play. I, I love that they're playing that way. Even though Carroll was out at the plate, I, I love putting pressure on the defense. Carroll going from first to third on the Kelly hit with the ball off the glove. I mean, right. so, it, it's just fun to watch, and I really think as a when you're when you're playing the Diamondbacks, you've got to be aware of so many different things because of what these kids bring to the base paths. Yeah, that's a play that Joe Madden used to run all the time, the indefensible bunt play, and and now they have the personnel, and it goes back to what Tim and I were just talking about a moment ago. They have the personnel to do that and do it a lot now. And Gambo, you know, Tori Lovello is not a big fan of the bunt. He doesn't like to give up outs at all. But the fact that they're doing it so often and have been so successful with it really speaks to the change in identity and culture here. Uh, look, Keston Hira made a terrific play on that on the one Perdomo bunt last night. You're not always going to get it, but it, it just goes to show you how this team has come to personify everything that baseball has tried to turn itself into over the last several years. That The desperate move to make the game more entertaining. Um, Theo Epstein talked a lot about that when he left the Cubs. He said, look, baseball's become boring and it's my fault. It's all about analytics <laughs> and this and that. So, now you've got an entirely different way to play the game. We're going back to those 80 speed teams right. that Whitey Herzog had in St. Louis. Yeah. So you've got the Diamondbacks who really are the first team to put together a group like this of young guys that bunt and play outstanding outfield defense and run the bases and are very aggressive. Everything for a Diamondback hitter is a double out of the batter's box. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking automatically double because they have the speed to get there. And there's not a lot of teams that can match up with that right now. And we're still in an era of the three true outcomes, which baseball is desperately trying to get away from. The walk, the strikeout, the home run. That's really bad baseball. This team is the opposite of that. And now with all these hitters, here's another thing that came up the other day. With all these hitters now trying to get the ball off the ground and up in the air, outfield defense has become enormously valuable. These guys catch everything at the outfield. Everything. Almost nothing gets down. So there's another added advantage to the way they play the game. It would have been insalubrious to not take advantage of that speed. <laughs> <laughs> Gambo, your vocabulary is constantly amazing to me. I just think it's just yeah, it's it's just, it's what I do. Let me <laughs> l- leave me with this because I know you 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 when I listen to your broadcast and I watch every single game. If I'm not at the ballpark, you have a lot of nice things to say about Perdomo. You like his growth this year. Tell yeah. me why. He's much better defensively.
offensively. First of all, he's a great kid. He's 22 years old, and we forget that. He's playing shortstop at the major league level every day at 22 years old with very, very little minor league experience. Keep in mind the lost season of 2020. That's a whole year of development gone. I I love him as a kid. He's a very happy-go-lucky kid, but his defense is much, much better. There were times in April and May where he couldn't catch the ball. He would clank it. He would bobble it. He would drop it. Now everything is silky smooth. The footwork around the bag for me has been outstanding. There's still way to go, no doubt about it. Um, But defensively, he's much, much improved. And he does little things right. If you look at the way he produces in the nine spot, whether it's RBIs or walks or runs scored, to me, every big inning we've had over the last couple of weeks has involved the Perdomo base on balls. He keeps the line moving. They build innings, and he's a big part of that for me. Uh, Steve, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, We'll be listening and watching the broadcast tonight as the D-backs take on the Brewers. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it, man. See you, Tim.